Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. Let me go to Mark Sargent. Mark, hi, how are you? I'm, I'm very well. And by the way, I've been listening to the whole show. Steve, your, your caller is absolutely spot on. Steve, if you're listening, you were right five years ago. You're right now. But he, um, now, he's not a flat earther, Mark. You know, just to let people know. I know. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I hear that a lot, which is he's not a flat earther, but he has questions. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the correction real quick, it's eight inches per mile squared. So it's eight inches per mile per mile. So 10 miles would be 10 times 10, which is 100 times eight inches. So 800 inches. And it just gets worse and worse until like at 50 miles, it's about 1,700 feet. Okay, let me just do a quick intro for you, who, for people who don't know you, because, of course, we jumped right into you there, straight from oh, right. Steve. So I, I'm Sorry. Kind of, I know that's okay. No, no, we, we can do things the other way around. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I, I had said to Jane, my okay. producer, on Monday, she kept saying to me, like, who would you like to talk to? I said, I'd love to talk to a flat earther. And she said, yes. And she delivered, of <gasps> course. So I am intrigued to be talking to what the self-described flat earth recruiter. And for people who don't know, that's people who yeah. believe the earth is flat. Uh, so I am thrilled to welcome you yeah. to the show, Mark. From um, where you're going, you grew up in Whidbey Island, Washington, and you started your career playing computer yeah. games uh, professionally. That, that that's something I'd love to do. I yeah. love, I love. I'm playing Spider-Man on the PlayStation Five at the moment. Love it. Anyway, uh, so I would love to do that professionally. So, what first of all got you into the idea? Because everybody from the day we start school and we're shown, you know, a little atlas or a globe or whatever it is, we're all told. It's round. There's no question about it. Right. It's round. So what right. made you question right. that? Oh, uh, conspiracy boredom, more or less. Uh, I never got married or had kids for whatever reason, and so I had tons of free time on my hands. Looked into it just about every conspiracy you could think of, ran out, and ran out of conspiracies. Like, well, okay, what haven't I hit? What's on my bucket list? Well, I could look at Flat Earth. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And spent nine months. It was supposed to only take a weekend. And nine months later, I'm like, ah, oh, crap, what do I do? So, so you went I down the rabbit hole is what you're talking. You're telling me you went down the rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. Okay. Yeah, I went down the rabbit hole. Could not climb out. And so then I made a series of videos called uh, The Flat Earth Clues. Put them out on the internet. Because I was like, well, the internet as a, as a hive mind is very intelligent. People are dumb, but the hive mind's intelligent. And uh, they came back was like, oh, no, no, it's not that dumb. And here's why. And uh, people were contacting me from all, all different professions and, and different parts of the world. And here we are nine years later with three. Oh, no, it's, it's not thousands. It's millions. We've got we've got I mean, we've done we've done conferences in before the pandemic. I did conferences in what, eight countries? Mm. It was crazy. In fact, there's um, in fact there's two meetups happening in your neck of the woods uh, this weekend and next weekend. One's in uh, Bournemouth, if you know where that is, in the UK, in the United and, Kingdom. Uh, the others in Chambers, Chambers yeah, Mark, whatever you, whatever you do, don't confuse Ireland with the UK. They get very angry. <laughs> I know, I know. I was going to do one of those jokes because I know people say Americans are absolutely dumb, and I was going to say, ah, Ireland, Scotland, what's the difference? Right? <laughs> yeah, what, what's the difference? Isn't it the same place? Or doesn't <laughs> doesn't the king look after us? <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but, let, let's but look at the obvious. Have, okay, have, the obvious things here. Okay, yeah. the yeah. obvious thing is, you know, ships sail around the world and they don't fall off the edge. Explain to me why. Right. If the Earth is flat, sure. Okay, uh, ships sail around the world, sure. Uh, but the same token, uh, if the world was flat and you put your finger on it and you drew a circle around it, you know, and you came back to the same point you started, technically you circumnavigated the dinner plate. 
does that make the dinner plate a globe or a sphere or a ball? By the way, we never use the word round because round can also be two-dimensional. Well, like spherical, plate, spherical, like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, spherical. Uh, but, but no, I mean, again, the compass works absolutely the same on a, on a flat Earth. And by the way, why don't you fall off the edge? Well, we're not talking about a, a dinner plate in the middle of space. In fact, why is there space at all? Space is just an illusion. It's just images on a ceiling. You're living in a planetarium, uh, a soundstage. A big building, you know, Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage, and that's where you are. So why has nobody got a photograph? So the, water can't, the water can't fall off anywhere, because you're basically in a giant lake. I mean, you might as well be in a snow globe sitting on somebody's desk. Okay, but if it's flat, there has to be an edge. Yeah. yeah? Sure. Okay, yeah. So, so where yeah, is the, the, so, so where be, is the okay. edge? Oh, perfect. Uh, the, the edge would be Antarctica. Every other continent on the, on the flat Earth model, and I'm staring at one right now, and it's not going to do any good for radio, uh, would be, look the same except for Antarctica. Antarctica isn't this snowy continent that looks like uh, Australia in winter, uh, which wouldn't – actually, Australia doesn't snow in winter, but it doesn't no. really matter. Um, it would be spread around along the uh, entire outside. Antarctica is much bigger than uh, than we think it is. And by the way, uh, Steve's uh, question about the, the Antarctica, Antarctica Treaty, Treaty yeah, is absolutely well, true. But was that was that yeah, was that yeah, treaty was, not originally brought in to stop people exper- or to stop uh, the military experimenting with atomic weapons, et cetera, et cetera? That was not the purpose uh, allegedly of the treaty. No, no, no. The Antarctic Treaty was basically stopped to keep the the general public and and other countries from doing anything in Antarctica. By the way, it's the only unbroken treaty in the history of treaties. Mm-hmm. It was established in 1959, right after we basically figured us and the Soviet Union figured out what this place was. And they basically wrote in, they said, yeah, no corporation from any country can do business in Antarctica, ever. For the, and it's not even up for review until 2040. And you say, well, 2040 isn't that long from now. Yeah, but it was in 1959. And so so again, what would I see if I went? Treaty that's that- What's so secret about Antarctica? So what would I see if I went there? Would I be able to walk to the edge and look over into space or something? Or is that your theory? Uh, no, 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 no. But it will imagine if you did have access to Antarctica. First off, they're not going to because of the treaty. You're not going to be able to allow. You're not going to be able to roam around. The whole point was is that oil and gas companies were never going to be able to go there with planes and helicopters and go off course. But eventually, you would find not necessarily the the edge of space, but probably the outer the outer barrier, the outer wall. Again, think of it like a snow globe. Uh, eventually, you would run into the you know the wall, whatever it is, and that's what I think they found in uh, during Operation Deep Freeze in 1955, 1956. And in relation to say shadows and the sun's location, if the Earth is flat, how come the sun is located in different places at different times of the day, and the shadows are longer and shorter at different times of the day, as we as the sun or we revolve? I mean, how come that's happening if the Earth is indeed flat and it's not right, moving? Right, right. Right. The two, two parts of it, and, and you'll have to tell me if you're picking some of this up from, the, from your chat room, which is the, the sticks and shadows argument, real quick for anyone that's asking that in chat room, works absolutely perfectly on a flat Earth. But what we're saying is, is the sun and the moon, let, let's simplify it, because I know we don't have a lot of time. The sun and the moon are very, very small and very, very close and probably inside this place, inside the snow globe. So the sun's not hundreds of thousands of miles wide. It's only 50 miles wide, give or take. And so is the moon. They're just revolving around us like a a mobile above a child's crib. And because they are so unbelievably tiny, that's how you can get time zones. Because some people will say, well, how it's drawn when you look it up on the Internet, wouldn't it be light everywhere or dark everywhere? It's like, no, the sun is, is so small that we can't even draw it correctly in our own maps because if we drew it to, to what we say it is, you wouldn't even see it. Mm. Okay. I, that kind of help? Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm I'm looking at photographs here, you know, and right. unless you're going to tell me... 
Yeah, from NASA. And yeah. unless you're going to tell me they're CGI or they're they're artist drawn or I mean they look real to me. And and I watched that guy only recently leap out of a you know uh, whatever it was you know the longest free fall jump. What was his name? The guy that oh uh, yeah the red the Red Bull jump. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah Felix I, Baumgartner. Yeah, and looking down we could see the camera that was live. I saw a spherical Earth. You know I mean. Oh. It's barmy to even think it's flat. Well, no, no, no. Because remember, fisheye lens, if you look out a hotel, and I'm, I'm sure you've stayed in a hotel, when you look out that uh, peephole lens in your hotel, your hotel hallway is absolutely not curved, but it shows you a curve. Well, but, it was, but it's not a fisheye. It's not a fisheye lens because it didn't, it didn't distort his image. Okay, wide, wide angle, wide angle lens. It's same same thing. But but they used a wide-angle lens on the Felix Bumgarner jump, and he was only 120,000 feet up. In fact, Neil Tyson, no offense to Brian Cox, the world's second most famous media scientist, but Neil Tyson goes, you know, he's the one from America, uh, and he comes on and he says, no, the, the, the Red Bull jump was absolutely fraudulent. He goes, it was not the edge of space. Remember, he's absolutely an anti-flat earther, but he thought that it was scientifically dishonest for um, – uh, Red Bull to do that. And I get it. I talked to some of the producers that work with Red Bull. And I go, why did you run that shot? It was a wide-angle lens. They go, well, it was a good shot, though, wasn't it? It was, it was, was a good shot. It was a good shot, in fairness. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good shot. I get it. You know, but, Mark, okay, Mark, but other pictures Mark have been taken by... Other pictures have been taken by, you know, the space shuttle, uh, you know, the, the Challenger and all those other space shuttles that went up into space. Oh, God. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and we've seen those photographs of this beautiful, sure. you know, blue spot in the sky called Planet Earth. And, right. and, and it's kind of hard for me to, to think, Mark, that there's any level of sanity in thinking otherwise. Well, let me, let me throw it at, at you this way. When NASA was formed in 1958, and I'll make this brief, we were trying to be, remember, this was after the war, we were trying to put a, a big stamp, put, put a big flag in the ground. The Americans wanted to be the greatest show on Earth. The easiest way to become a legend is tell an impossible story. So we came up with something even the Roman Empire didn't do. We told everyone the Americans went to the moon. Mm -hmm. And so we shot it in a, in a whatever, Air Force basement. We put it on television. And I'm amazed, by the way. I've, I've been to Dublin. I've been to all sorts of different countries. And I asked them, I go, why do you think? I go, it's required over here in America. It's like, it's, we, have to, we have to believe it for national pride. Why do you believe the Americans went to the moon? And everyone says the same thing. Well, it was on television. And it's not you know, like your news would ever lie. About something like that, but that, but those, like but those theories. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I have a huge interest in, in you know, the, the the fake moon landing theory. I think I think it's extraordinary. I watch all sure. the documentaries and everything else. But there's also other documentaries that debunk the documentaries, that debunk all the other oh, stuff, oh, that on, debunk man. the flag You're... flying business, and they debunk the shadows, and they debunk the fact there's no stars in the sky, and they debunk all those other theories. I, okay, you know okay. what I mean? You you remember what happened? You know what happened two days ago? You know, we delayed the, uh, you know, because the Americans have never, never been back. In fact, no one's set foot on the moon since 1972, and only the Americans did it. Only because, only because there was no the purpose to it. Road. Well, it was only, the only reason they stopped oh, doing it was a waste, it was a waste of money. Was. There was no purpose. Why, what? I, well, they keep spending billions to go to the moon we, to bring back a few rocks. We've, we've said ever since the late 70s, every president's like, oh, no, we're going back. We're going back. And I have seen this can kick down the road to where two days ago, it's like, okay, uh, we postponed it again until 2026. It's like 50 years we've been kicking this can down the road, and nobody seems to notice. And but by the well, way, yeah, but they took the money that, away from space exploration because it was a waste of money. Uh, because, I mean, particularly when it came to going to the moon. What, what was the point of continuing the Apollo missions going to the moon to bring back bags of rocks? There was no point in it. It was a waste of well, tax don't, dollars. Don't, don't, don't forget, and I, I, don't, I, I forgot how old you were, 
But you remember there was a space race, right? <laughs> I do. I remember the space race. And, yeah. the Soviet and then all of a sudden we get there, right? And then we go multiple times and Russia just quits. No, that's not how a space race works. It was like they would have put a small base, we would have put a bigger base, and then finally Time Magazine. But didn't the, Chi- didn't the, the Chinese, the who, who aren't really the great friends with the Americans, didn't the Chinese say themselves they admitted they monitored um, the Apollo mission and they monitored it landing oh, on the moon? Yeah. They, well, that's what the Chinese said anyway. Right, right, right. The, the, the Chi- no, I think it was Australia, but the Chinese, no, I don't think the Chinese had the tech back then. But, but the Chinese, by the way, who built supposedly their entire ISS space station, and supposedly they did it in 18 months, and there's absolutely zero footage of them putting that thing together. Not a frame. And Elon, like, Elon Musk wants to like go to the moon, doesn't he? Elon, Elon said he's going oh, to the moon. Oh, don't get me. Don't get me started. Don't, don't tell me he's Musk. in on it he as well, our, is he? Is he's in on it. <laughs> he, is our, he is our South African puppet, that guy. <laughs> oh, my God, that guy is so terrible. Nothing <laughs> ever says comes true, and yes, he is absolutely works for NASA. SpaceX is just an offshoot of NASA in case something goes wrong, and the Artemis program has just been blowing up rockets right and left. Our, Artemis 1 was a fireworks show. So, no, Elon Musk, oh, I, oh my God. How I like, you, I like Elon. Anyway, oh, by the way. So, I, I know. What, so, so many people over here do it. It's like, look, he is not freaking Tony Stark. Stop making him out like he is. Okay, I, he didn't. He didn't found SpaceX. He didn't found Tesla. He was been. He's been backed by our government the entire way. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. It's your show. That's <laughs> okay. Somebody just texted and says, "Good evening, Nile." Uh, while I don't believe the Earth is flat, anyone who thinks that things are as simple as that, um, uh, what they know, uh, what reality is. Okay, I suggest. If they are not aware of the double slit experiment, they should check it out online. It's too complicated to explain in text, but so mind-blowing, a real wake-up call to the fact that what we perceive as reality is anything but. Do you, are you aware of the... I'm not aware of the double slit. What? Oh, yeah, no, I could, I, could give you a, I could give you a class lecture on the double slit experiment, um, but I'll, I'll make it really short. The double slit experiment basically says that whatever we're looking at is not being rendered graphically like it should be meaning in 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 games when you're playing games whatever's behind you isn't being rendered you because you're not oh i've at seen it. it's, it's this the is the one where observer. you okay this is the one where there's a piece of card hanging down with two slits and you shine a light at it yeah yeah i've, I've seen the experiment yeah. I've in, seen the... in in the computer world it's called flashlight graphics but the problem is and again this was talked about in a 1998 movie called the 13th floor which was absolutely genius uh which is why is that happening here the double slit experiment happens in computer games all the time because that's what we design them to do. Why is it happening here now we, in our world? We, basically, what he's saying is is that uh, this world, again, if it's flat and it's enclosed, then it's probably virtual. Uh, the only difference is we're in it, so we can't break out of it. But yeah, virtual reality. Oh yeah, I'm huge into that. Okay, but so so most get, people so, don't get it. Remember the. Okay, so so get, getting back to the photographs, and again, I'm looking at a picture of from flat Earth people, and I see what you're saying the Earth yeah. looks like. And I'm also looking at another picture from NASA um, that was taken from space shuttles or from satellites or whatever it happens to be. Right. I, I, I'm kind of going with, with their version because I, I don't know what your version is. That's okay. On. I okay. But so no, no, your I, version I, I looks you. like your version looks you. like it's somebody who drew it. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, we, we had to draw it. I mean, we, you can't – there is no footage from space. In fact, it's one of my proofs that I want to, to, ha- to have done for people. It's like because I've said, look, put me in a SpaceX rocket if you want to, but send any rocket up with a camera – I don't care if it's 4K or not – pointing down until the Earth forms into the globe. It's never happened in the history of space travel, ever. That footage does not exist. It's like statistically speaking, that should have happened by now, and it hasn't. 
I mean, come on, we've been doing this since the 50s, and there is no footage of the Earth turning into a globe. And, don't, and I, I know you're probably going to say, what about the Tesla Roadster in space? It's like, come on. It's like, it was like, they just like, okay, we're going to show booster, booster, and then cut to car. It was brilliant editing. I'll, I'll give them that. But NASA is pure theater. Now, I, I understand the point you're making, right? And what I'm going to say is, I, I, I don't for a minute want people to think that I believe that the Earth is flat. But... Hey, I, well, I know you don't. I don't know. That's okay. But... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I, I, think it's, I think it's wonderful to listen to people talking about it because I question everything. I'm a critical thinker, okay? And I love conspiracy theories. I mean, yeah. I believe them, but I just love them. I love going down those rabbit holes as well. And I know there's a lot of questions, you know, about things that you kind of go, well, yeah, maybe, 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 but the earth is still round or a spherical. Okay, do, do you <laughs> doubt yourself? Do you actually doubt yourself? I did for the first six months. I mean, this nobody nobody gets into flat earth thinking it's a great idea. I hated it. Everybody hates it. The, the T-shirt literally reads, I became a flat earther because I tried to debunk it. And so for the first six months, I was like, oh, God, this is going to backfire on me because I put all my contact information. And then after six months, when all these subject matter experts started coming at me, military people and pilots and air traffic controllers, it's like, dude, it's not that crazy. And here's why. I'm like, holy smokes. This is in, and it's what everyone has that weird aha moment. So, you know, if you spend enough time on it, uh, it, it when you snap around again, we have a 99% retention rate. Mm-hmm. Once we get, once you're in, it, I know it sounds cliche, or you know, once you're flat, you know, you never go back. But it's true. Yeah, we we have a higher retention rate than organized religion. No offense to religious people out there. Okay, but but if there was no buildings in between and no mountains in between. Uh, the human eye is a wonderful right. piece of equipment, by the way. It's better than most cameras. It's probably about right. 10 million megapixels. Right. <laughs> you would be able to see right. a city 100, or you would be able to see parts of a city 100 miles away, but you would lose part of it because there is a curvature. You can, and, and you can. The, you were talking about the, you were talking about the, 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 the photograph taken from Membaldi. This is the one, the famous one, the flat earthers use. Uh, not, a, not, a, not necessarily even mountains. We've done stuff from, uh, from sea level. The only difference is, okay, two things real quick. Uh, what's changed is HD technology. 30 years ago, you know, when HD cameras were absolute crap, you couldn't you couldn't zoom in and and see things. But now you can take a $500 off the ca- shelf camera and zoom in and see boats off in the horizon that were gone. And then you can let them go away again and zoom in. As long as the water is perfectly calm, you could see the bottom of the boats. Uh, but the only distance. So the, real quick, the follow up question is. Uh, why can't you see Japan from California? Why can't you see Europe from New York? Why can't you see Mount Everest from everywhere? And that is because the atmosphere has a thickness. You know, we're, we're breathing in basically a thin version of water. In fact, it's 80% nitrogen and 20% oxygen. Over time, it gets thicker and thicker and thicker to where eventually you just can't see through it. And that's one of the brilliance of the design of this place is uh, you're, you can only see so far. Now, if it was a vacuum, absolutely could. You'd be able to see very, very, very far. And do, do people... Look at you, Diff. <laughs> when they see you with yeah. a flat earth t-shirt, do they look at you like, hey, head case, yeah, <laughs> alert. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, do they, they, do, I mean, do they look at you different? Well, back in 2015, yeah, it was tough. It was really tough. And again, no offense to Steve. There's so many people, you know, I, I've heard this to- so many times. It's one of the, the clips inside the Behind the Curve documentary, which is, I've heard it. I'm not a flat earther, but there's some things about it I think should be looked into. Uh, to, but now, you know, I've been it's coming up on nine years since the clues. And, uh, yeah, yeah people, I'm, lo- I'm people looking out the window. I'm looking out the window and I see the North Star, okay? And when I look out the window, yeah. in a half an hour's time, it'll have moved. Yeah. Because obviously we're yeah. moving. Um, but you don't believe that. Or, or the, well, that's, that's the big question. No, we, okay, yeah, the, the general glo- globalists, 
or flat or general people. The normal, the, the normal uh, people, the, the normal people. <laughs> the normal people, yes. And and but we'll say that the sky is moving, no different than a planetarium. You know, it's yeah. I mean, and and by the way, you could go into Google. You want to look up some fun stuff? Type in ancient cosmology, and then click on images. Every culture drew the same thing back a thousand years ago, which is they drew a snow globe because that's what they saw. And only later, it's like, oh no no, the stars aren't moving, we're moving. And it's like, okay, all right, unless they're not. And, and again, I get it. I understand why you would hide something like this. It's, it's, it's pretty scary. You know, one of your questions might be, why, why would the Americans keep it a secret? It's like, well, because by the time they figured it out, civilization was already built. Everything was already in place. It was almost 1960. Everything was pretty much the way they wanted it. You don't want to upend education and economics and definitely not religion. I mean, you're giving, yeah, but, but I... you know, the five major... But but, but I I mean when, when I've been on a plane at twenty five thousand feet heading to the United States or wherever it happens to be going across the Atlantic and you look out the window and on one side you'll see the nighttime and on one side you see the dark if if you're heading home in the middle of the night right. and and you see this beautiful sun on right. one side the moon on the other and you can see the curvature of the Earth am I delusional am I seeing yeah, things yeah. is that what you're telling me Yeah no it's it's very Orwellian in that, um, you know, the five lights, four lights thing, which is, it's not that you see the curve, you want to see the curve. You've been told the curve is there so many no, times. I can see it, Mark. See I've said Again, it. It's I, not that I want to see it. I'm not delusional. I, I, I know. I know you said you've said it, but I, I will quote Neil deGrasse Tyson, where he says, look, he goes, at 120,000 feet, you cannot see the curvature. So is the most famous scientist in the world wrong? And I put this to, you know, science kids, and, and they, like, start and What about, what about the pilot on that not. plane? If, if you're telling me that, you know, the Earth is like a dinner plate, and, you know, and if we're, you know, yeah. heading on a long-distance journey, obviously the, the boat or the plane has to kind of go around slightly in a circle, okay, by your theory. Surely the pilot of the plane is aware of that because he has to change the degrees constantly to keep turning to go around this dinner plate that you're talking about. But he doesn't. He just goes straight. Well, okay. First off, the distances are so vast that the pilots wouldn't wouldn't notice much of the correction anyway. Also, the pilots don't make the corrections themselves. The GPS system does it for them. And don't forget that the GPS system is, coincidentally enough, is a United States Department of Defense system developed in the 90s, which was also part – it's basically just a repackaging of the old Loran system. But to your point, we've got a ton of pilots on our side because once the pilots all of a sudden started seeing it, they, they couldn't unsee it. I'll, I'll tell you one really quick. When I was flying back from London, I bounced. I was flying on Iceland Air, and I bounced off Island, uh, Iceland and came back to uh, Seattle. And when I was uh, at baggage, one of the pilots walked up to me. He goes, hey, can I get a selfie? Right? And we took some shots, and he goes, yeah, love your work. He goes, he goes I got to get back to the crew. Yeah, I go. He, and he looks at me, he winks. It's like, yeah, we didn't talk. I don't want to be seen talk, speaking to you. Talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, a pilot, you might as well tell, if you're a pilot, you might as well tell people you've been chased by a UFO for the last two hours. Okay, what, fact, about, well, what about the other planets? What, what about Mars and Venus and Saturn and all those other planets? We can see through telescopes. We see they're spherical. Are you telling me that right. something unique about the Earth that it's not? And the Galileo you're, was wrong. You're just looking. <laughs> the, the stars and the planets and everything are just lights in the sky, just giant ornamental clock system that predates language. When you go into a planetarium, you look about, and I've done this with people. I was like, hey, take a pair of binoculars. Look at Jupiter up there. It's like, wow, it looks pretty spherical, right? It's like, yeah. I go, can you land on it? I was like, no. It's like, why not? Well, because it's just a light on the ceiling. Who's to say what you didn't walk out of the planetarium, you're just not in a much, much bigger one. Uh, we've sent a, ro- we've, we sent yeah. a rover to Mars. 
Who said who said we sent her over to Mars? The Americans? <laughs> you we, just don't trust lie, the Americans. We lie about everything. <laughs> the Americans look, and I love being American, but like your one of your callers said yesterday, and I've been listening to the show pretty much all week. He goes, he goes, we're showbiz, and it's true. We're absolutely the greatest show on earth. It's like if we if if we could create a lie to make us to prop us up to make us look better, we're going to do it as a country. Mm. And so, yeah, the Americans tell say we went to Mars. Oh yeah, sure, sure they did. Yeah, a but battery we, that never died. Yeah, but we got this remote, wonderful remote new telescope. Rovers. Look at this—the the pictures that are coming back from this wonderful, the John, whatever you call it, telescope. Uh, this wonderful new telescope that right. we have because the, the the old Hubble one wasn't good enough anymore, and and those pictures are coming right. back. And you know, it, okay, they're not three-dimensional pictures. I get that they're two-dimensional, but but we don't have to be geniuses to figure out you know the three D aspect of a photograph. I mean, when you look at something that's spherical well, on a two D picture, you know it's three D by the shadows. You know it's three D by its shape. You know it's three D by design. You know what I mean? And we've we've torn we've torn apart uh, pretty much everything uh, NASA's ever done. Uh, and don't forget, I mean, take the movie. You're a movie guy. Uh, take the movie Gravity. Right with mm. Sandra Bullock. Yeah, that that footage is absolutely outstanding. You could intersplice that with NASA footage all day long. In fact, it's better looking than NASA footage. It, but it is don't better. Forget about Gravity, yeah. which is fairly recent. Go back to uh, Stanley Kubrick's um, Opus, his uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey from 1968. By the way, released just before Apollo in 1969, and that has aged it, wonderful. He, you look at the Blu-ray it's version. Stanley, of that, it's, it's gorgeous. It's Stanley Kubrick. They said that was involved in the, the moon landing, isn't it? Isn't that the one they say? He's oh, like, I absolutely believe he was involved in the moon landing. In fact, I. If you want to look at a wonderful documentary, look at the the documentary called Room 237, where he built in his confession into the Shining movie, which he directed um, in 1980, which was basically that, again, it took five years. Again, people don't want to talk about it. It It's like it took him five years to finish 2001 A Space Odyssey, and everybody knew that the government paid for it. Defense contractors paid for, for his stuff. They were basically paying him to say, okay, what can be faked on film? And then by the time okay. he got to the real mission, that's when he backed. That's when he backed up. By the way, if anyone wants to watch a movie called Capricorn One, I'm sure Mark knows that one. Capricorn One, it, it's a really good movie. Have you seen Capricorn One, Mark? No. Oh God, I love that movie. Yeah. It's the, by the way, it's the only serious role I think that OJ was ever in. That's right. <laughs> Which is weird. That's I forgot that OJ was in Capricorn One. Actually, yeah. yeah, OJ was in it. Yeah, Capricorn One is a great movie about the fake moon landing. And the whole cover up. No, 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 fake, fake, fake Mars landing. A uh, Mars, Mars landing, Mars landing. And real, real, real quick, the the reason that was produced, it was an independent film, was the the CBS affiliate hated the moon footage so much. He's going, look, he, he again, the producers know this. It's like I could have made a better moon moon production than that. In fact, I could make a better Mars production than that. And that's all. It's like, hey, why don't we make a movie about it? Fake Mars mission, and that's what they did. It's a brilliant movie. Poor old Neil Armstrong, huh? God. This is one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Although if you actually go to the Kennedy Space Center now, they've changed the quotation. It actually says over the door now, one small step for man, one giant leap for humankind. Can you believe they actually changed the quotation? Uh, Just to be be woke. Just to be woke. Yeah, I'm in the middle of woke central out here, and it is bad. (laughs) Mark, it's been interesting talking to you. I still don't believe you, by the way, but it's been interesting talking to you anyway. And it gives people food for thought, doesn't it? It makes people critically think. Um, Thank you very much indeed for joining us. And I'm sure we'll chat again sometime, Mark. I hope so. And by the way, thank you, Jane, for for bringing me in. (laughs) Thank you very much indeed. There you go, Mark Sargent, who is a self-described flat-earth recruiter. There you go.
I know it's madness, isn't it? The world is a mad place anyway. Now, now. real people, real opinions. Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.